Hello and welcome to Red Barn Radio. I'm Brad Becker. This is season 19 of Red Barn Radio, and tonight is show number 705. Red Barn Radio, Roots Music, Southern Style. To keep our staff and our musical guests safe, we will continue to abide by state and local guidelines concerning cleanliness and personal protective equipment. For now, our Wednesday performances will take place without a live in-studio audience. This evening, we bring to the Red Barn stage Wayne Graham, a four-piece band from Whitesburg, Kentucky, whose fans not only in the region but worldwide continue to enjoy every new collection of songs these guys release. We are so happy to have them back with us on Red Barn Radio. Welcome to the Red Barn stage, Wayne Graham. Thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is supported by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. More information on what Lexington has to offer is at visitlex.com. Lex Arts, Lexington, Kentucky's Arts Council. Creating a great American city inspired by the arts. On the Red Barn stage tonight is Wayne Graham. The band was formed in 2010 as a duo between brothers Kenny and Hayden Miles. The band names attribute to their two grandpas, Wayne Miles and Graham Kinzer. Not only are these guys seasoned performers and talented players, as you'll see and hear tonight, but they're also adept at creating a sound that draws you into the content of their lyrics about place and belief and the puzzling world that we live in. 
Kenny and Hayden also own and operate their own Fat Baby Studios in Whitesburg, and they're helping other musicians in the region shape their sounds. Wayne Graham has a new release called 1% Juice, and at least a couple of the songs in their set tonight may be performed for the very first time here on Red Barn Radio. Welcome, Wayne Graham.
Please welcome Red Barn Radio's host, Brad Becker. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Great to have you with us here for another Red Barn Radio program. Our guest tonight is Wayne Graham. They are from Whitesburg, Kentucky, and they have just recently released their newest collection of songs called 1% Juice. This is not all they've been doing since we saw them last. Kenny, great to see you. Great to see you, Hayden, Chris, Lee. Kenny, did you end up doing college after high school? No, not right away, at least. I went to recording school uh, for 32 weeks when I graduated, and then my parents were cool enough to uh, get some recording gear after that and like sort of turned the basement into a studio that we've been sort of building out ever since, but that was how I spent the first bit. And then when I finished engineering school, I went to the local community college for like a, a semester and and then I dropped out. So audio engineering. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You also spent some time in Nashville, I think you told me. Yeah, yeah. When I met my wife in 2015, we moved down there together and um, lived for a couple of years, lived in Knoxville, and then just moved back a few years ago. And it's a little easier to make records now that we're back. <laughs> uh-huh. Did you say Knoxville or Nashville? We went to Nashville first and then to Knoxville. Okay. Well, yeah. What did you do in Nashville? Why did you end up going there? I went there because I thought I might be able to get a job as an engineer, but those are sort of hard to come by. And also the people who get those jobs are much more serious about uh, being an engineer. I wanted to make records but not really be the person to press record all the time. When day decides to break Promise more than we ever knew to want Two flapping wings Attached to the same thing Cock-a-doodle-doo Viola under your nails Your Bible on the shelf Builds a wall between the rich and confused Long is the road we travel We're bound to change in life The tend to come unravel All the time
Hayden, what were you doing during that time? I was living with my parents, which I still am doing to this day. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when he was in Nashville is when I really feel like I started playing the early stages of this music scene that we know today in Kentucky and like West Virginia. That first year he moved down there was the first time I'd played Huntington and started meeting a lot of people that I know in this music scene today. And that was all thanks to Dave and Teresa Prince because I was playing with them at the time and they would take me everywhere. And if you're with them, you're automatically like musical royalty, whether (laughs) you can even play or not. So riding up with them in like their car and just coming out, people would automatically act like think they knew you. That was sort of my introduction to this scene was those years he were he was away. Folks who, who have seen our program before and listened to us before know that David Prince is laid back country picker. Once you were reunited back in Whitesburg, is that about the time around 2016, 17, when you had an opportunity to meet some players from Europe? That was sort of just after I moved to Nashville. We were on a small record label from Bristol previously, and the last show they booked for us was in Louisville with a few bands from the U.S. and then one band from Germany. The lead singer has a record label in Dresden, so we played together and got to know each other a bit, and then they offered to release our next record. And Hayden and I had been working on finishing a record, so we had one to deliver. That was Mexico, and they released that over there. When they made that offer that you were familiar with each other musically and you felt like they were going to deliver what you do to an audience that would be interested? I think I was sort of convinced of that because not very many people had ever pulled us aside and said that they liked it. You know, I mean, like, like we knew that people enjoyed seeing us play from time to time, but it wasn't really anything convincing us that it was anything special. But when they liked it, we also liked what they did on stage. It sort of seemed like a good fit. Also, the lead singer of that band was playing the same guitar. Like, we owned the same guitar, so that was sort of kismet. And yeah, right. Convinced us. If you made it, then 
You ended up going over to Germany. Hayden and I and my wife went to Germany. We went three times and just toured as a two-piece over there. We played a couple of festivals with some musicians that were in the Gentle Lurch that joined us for like some more high-profile festivals before we had a full band. And then after we released the record in Germany and toured over there, it was sort of easier for us to book shows in Kentucky well, Hayden had been playing with Chris for a while uh, with Sean Whiting, and so Chris started playing with us, and then later Lee started playing with us, and then they went back with us twice since then. Three times, okay. Twice last year, and then the year before they went with us. So. It was releasing music in Europe that somehow validated what you do here in some to. strange way? Yeah, it seemed to a little bit. It set us apart a little bit, I think, the yeah. fact that we had been to, uh, to Germany it helped us out a lot. The flower store is going out of business. They used to sell out of roses every day. Now they deal in plastics, fake reason woven baskets. And the mourners come to decorate the grave. Love becomes too easy to explain I can't say I ever gave them business You always said flowers were a waste They start out pretty Away too quickly. Money is better spent when something stays. 
comes too easy to explain an EP earlier this year with a band called the Green Apple Sea, who are also on the record label. We recorded that in Nuremberg the last time we were there, last August, I guess. We all took a train down from Dresden to Nuremberg for the day and recorded at Lone Star Studios there, which is just this uh, beautiful studio in an old GDR-era stone building, day of recording, and then we had four songs at the end of it. Did that open you up as musicians to think about different sounds and different directions to go with your music? Yeah, it's actually far... Our musical sensibilities seem to be more common with a lot of our German friends, like a lot of country fans, a lot of just straight rock and roll fans. And going over there, a lot of the bands sing in English, and it sounds like country music, sounds like Americana music. They're fans, and they're listening to, like, Jason Isbell and Sergio Simpson and Tyler, all these people that they are aware of and, like, fans of. And it's weird how it bleeds over over there, but, uh, yeah, it's more similar than different in a lot of ways. Hmm. Less than familiar More than strange that's how it feels to me The things that a man will do ease his pain More than most would believe Running all around got me Be good again 
What about instrument specific? What kind of things that you would like to say to some of the drummers that maybe you've worked with? I sort of go by the deader the better. That's why I have these bandanas on the heads here. And sometimes drummers have them wide open. Some drummers know how to get their set sounding right and stuff. But uh, I've had the opportunity, if people set their drums up in the studio to record for like a weekend or something, and nobody else is home, I've had the opportunity to go down there and play on (laughs) other drummers' sets before. (laughs) It's interesting. I, I don't know. There's nothing I could really say to another drummer. Every drummer's different. Like, every drummer's sure. set's different. And what they're comfortable with, they're comfortable with. What, what sounds they like, they like. So, I don't know. I never really give <laughs> drummers my opinion about their sets or anything because usually they're so familiar with their own set or whatever that they've got it where they want it. I have a bunch of different snare drums and stuff in the studio that are up for grabs if anybody wants to use them for a song and... For the most part, I think people just sort of stick with what they know. Also, every drum is different. It really takes some fine-tuning sometimes, like, to work the sound of the drum. I'm in one of those moods again One of those moods where I try to pretend I'm a hurricane and an earthquake, a fire. 
We're back with Red Barn Radio. After this break, Red Barn Radio. Roots music, Southern style. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Red Barn Radio, recorded live from the Arts Place Performance Hall in Lexington, Kentucky. Roots Music, Southern Style.
Let's get back to uh, Fat Baby Studio because there are a lot of questions I have about what goes on there and sort of that whole process of helping artists find their sound. It sort of depends on how involved uh, the people I'm recording want me to be or Hayden to be. Sometimes Hayden and I play on the record and sort of not advise but sort of offer our opinion along the way and other times they have their own band and we just hit record and give them the files at the end of the day. Yeah. So far, luckily, we sort of plan recording sessions, or up until the pandemic, we, like, I would run into a band at a show that we knew we were acquaintances with, and we knew how they sounded live, sort of their essence. Uh-huh. Like maybe I already had an idea of like how I would go about capturing that about them, but they probably have their own expectations in mind on what it would take to capture their sound. So yeah, like maybe a phone call or a discussion, a conversation. A lot of times it's, you know, like low budget projects. There isn't a lot of second guessing going on. So like you just make a decision after you hear the song. I don't know, we'll sort of pick things out that we like about it and enhance those or draw them out and then record it and listen back. It's just a trial and error process. How many opportunities have you had to work with musicians for their very first time in a studio. A lot of the people we've recorded, I would say, were there for the first time. I always feel very grateful to people who have recorded in a major studio, like a big studio, that come to our studio. Even though it's just in a basement, they seem to have a level of comfort there. It's like a low-pressure environment and just a cozy atmosphere. So it's sort of easy to just relax and play.
In some ways, I think it's better to sort of separate those things for us to be able to play more freely live rather than being sort of constrained to what the recordings sound like. In other ways, we do want to get it sounding like the recording, and but we add layers all the time. It's super enjoyable. That's one of the, our favorite things about recording is like you can make it anything with all kinds of layers and stuff. You can just make it sound like anything you want to and really interesting, really creative stuff and it's definitely hard to duplicate that live, but for this record, Lee, well, he's in the process of setting up his rig to trigger certain important uh, sonic elements of the new record. So hopefully, we'll be like at least a little closer to achieving that live. It was in your bloodstream on the day you died. They replaced it with formaldehyde. You can't hide.
way you play With a foot on the altar And a foot in the grave You can't hide from it And neither could I Easy on the resting eyes Uh, talking to you earlier, wondering, like, where does that tune come from? I, I called my mother, who has this sort of encyclopedic you know, knowledge of hymns, and I asked her, like, well, what is this? And I, and I sort of sang it to her. She says, no, I don't know if I really know that. And I said, well, the, here are the, some of the words. And she goes, he said, rooms? And she said, it's supposed to be mansions. In my father's house, there are many mansions. Mm. So we got knocking around this idea about, like, well, I wonder what these brothers are doing. I said their, their dad was a minister. I said, so they think about these things. And you guys have a lot of those kinds of sort of ideas running through a lot of your tunes. Mm. Well, it's definitely a reference to Scripture. I'm not, do you know which verse that is, Hayden? Okay, I don't need it. I do. It's, it's John. Okay. When I wrote that, I was thinking of Hayden in my parents' house because he's sort of this picture of uh, spirituality to me. Like, he embodies that in a sort of effortless way. So I was thinking about him sitting in the house. My father's house has many rooms. And he's, like, meditating on ancient words so that his heart won't be disturbed. That's sort of the gist of it. It was a nice exercise for me to imagine my brother just in a peaceful place in my parents' house. And I wanted to write a song that started from that place and then sort of branched out as each verse goes on. It sort of gets broader and references infinity and divinity and choosing to face whatever extreme, strange thing life is because what other choice do we have? My father's house has many rooms I never leave On ancient words So that my heart Won't be
I got my first Roland guitar synthesizer in 1991. So I had one of the early ones of those and then two other Roland synthesizers later. And nowadays I'm dealing with it through iOS because all of the keyboard manufacturers, you can go on your phone. So basically just take another guitar line to the phone and it becomes the whole world of synths. So we had a practice recently and I play a lot of electric piano. As you say, the album has a different feel and they have a lot of keyboard parts. And as you can see, we have no keyboard player here. So I could play some of those keyboard parts. And so we're sort of working towards that for some of the new material. There still needs to be guitar, but it it opens up different textures. And then he's got lots of samples and little sounds he likes to trigger in his deal. And I sort of said, 
I can assign them on a button in my little rig and trigger them. And so we hope to layer in some of the album lushness, for lack of a better word. His albums are very lush. I always tell people that. They sound great. But it is different than what we do live. And so I'm sort of trying to pick up some of those pieces because I'm a tech nerd and can. Uh And we'll just have to see the balance of how well that works. It's fun to sort of have this live band and then have the records that the brothers make and try to just walk the line in the middle and see where it lands. Yeah, yeah.
We would like to thank Wayne Graham for being with us this evening on Red Barn Radio. We also thank our volunteers and staff for their help in making our production happen each and every week. Thank you all for listening to our webcast, watching us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, and those listening to us on the Red Barn Network of Stations. Red Barn Radio comes to you from our home, the Arts Place Performance Hall in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. Our website has updates and further information on our guests and our program. We're on the web at redbarnradio.com. And now once again, folks, Wayne Graham here on the Red Barn stage. I fell in Thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. 
Support for Red Barn Radio also comes from LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's Arts Council, creating a great American city inspired by the arts. And Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. More information on what Lexington has to offer is at visitlex.com. Red Barn Radio's executive producer is Ed Commons, who also directs our show. The music for this episode was mixed by Adam Schettinger. The Red Barn Radio playout theme, Wookie Foot, was taken from a live performance of The Wooks here on Red Barn Radio. Wookoutamerica.com. Red Barn Radio. Roots music, Southern style. The best music from the roots of the South and sharing this music with the world. Thanks so much for listening. I'm the voice of Red Barn Radio, Tom Brown. Red Barn Radio is a production of Red Barn Radio, LLC.